0: We hear a lot about what's happening at the southern border, but few of us from around here have actually been there and talked to the migrants. Recently, a group of 11 people from North Dakota and Minnesota went there. They met with migrants, pastors, and members of the Border Patrol, and visited shelters. Their trip to the border is the subject of my column tomorrow that will appear in the Fargo Forum, and also presumably the Grand Forks, Herald, Jamestown, Sun, and Dickinson Press. We have three of the people who made that trip with us right here on News & Views. Over the phone, we have former longtime Fargo and West Fargo resident Vicki Schmidt. Vicki, welcome. Thank you. And in the studio, we have Nancy Farnham of Enderla, North Dakota, and Kerry Leopold of West Fargo. Nancy and Kerry, welcome to you.
1: Thank you, Jim. Glad to be here today.
0: Great to have all of you. Let's start with Vicki. Vicki, why did you go to the border recently, and what were your impressions?
2: Yeah, that's a big question. Um, Going to the border for me is like a pilgrimage. And it's a time that I can expand my understanding of what's happening on the southern border, especially, um, to educate myself and to bring others along with me to help um, expand that view. So educating ourselves is a big part of it. Supporting the migrants is another important part of why we go. We're able to meet with migrants, hear their stories, share food and water with them and encourage them in their journey. But the final step is what do we do with what we learn? So that's a big part of why we go, how can we, now that we know what we know or see what we see or hear what we hear, how can we put that into some kind of action that will um, help others understand and help, uh, you know, address the, the current, my immigration policies, and how might we work for change. So that's those are the three key reasons why going to the border.
0: They are very important reasons. What were your impressions from what you saw and what you heard?
2: Impressions go very deep. Um, you know, I think the most important piece of it all was actually seeing migrants cross through the walls, the open spaces in the wall hear their stories of long journeys through the desert um, with children, with people in um, wheelchairs, and hearing why why they have left their homeland. Why, why would they decide to make such a treacherous journey? And so, as we know on the news, there are thousands and thousands doing this. And to take a look at what they have fled, the violence, the gangs, the drug cartels, um, hearing firsthand why they had to leave because they were totally unsafe. And they wanted, for one thing, they wanted their children to grow up in a safe environment, just as any of us would want for our families. So the impressions helped me understand. The impressions, I guess, are impressive because people have taken on so much just to live without fear, without that anxiety of even walking out their doors and being, uh, you know, being confronted with guns and um, kidnappings of children and all of that. So, you know, the, the deepest impression is maybe the courage and the will for people to live like we do, with a sense of freedom, with enough food. Shelter, warmth in the cold. So, my deepest impression is the is the courage and the the willingness for adults to do this treacherous journey so that their children will have a safe life.
0: Uh, that was well said. And uh, Nancy and Carrie, I'm going to ask you the same question, and feel free to overlap with Vicky because I'm sure you had similar impressions. So, Nancy, why did you go to the southern border, and what were your impressions?
1: The first time I went to the border was in 2019 with Vicki. We went to El Paso and Juarez, and that uh, trip made such an impression on me. I was so shocked by the things that I saw and horrified to hear the stories from people that were coming across the border and to see the way that we were treating them at the border, And um, when I heard about this trip being planned for this year, I thought it was time to go again and see if things were different or changed and see again for myself what was happening. And, you know, one of the things um, when I was at the border in October and we went to the wall, when you see asylum seekers at the wall and they were just sitting along the wall, they're not trying to hide They're coming in legally. Coming um, and seeking asylum is is a legal right people have through international law and our United States law. So they're not criminals by coming across. They are seeking asylum, and they were just sitting there waiting for the Border Patrol to come. And one of the families there was a young couple with a one-month-old baby, and they had traveled, I'm not sure how many days, Um, and the last part of it, walking across the desert, to bring that one-month-old baby into a country that they thought would give them a chance to live a life of some peace and some prosperity. And um, I think that's what we all would want for our children. But I thought of that young mother coming across after just giving birth a month ago and thought, how desperate you must be to bring that child to this country. And uh, that, you know, that's that's an impression that that doesn't leave you. And at Christmas time, um, personally, I couldn't help but think of it as Mary Joseph and the baby Jesus. It was um, quite quite a sight to see that small family at the border wall.
0: Right. You know, and and I'm with you. I, yeah, they are coming by the thousands and tens of thousands to the border, and. uh it's certainly overcrowded and it's a problem, but we we tend to forget these are real people, real human beings that are are desperate and deserve love and support and a sense of dignity. And um, we have to keep the humanity into all this as we figure all this out. Uh, Kerry, I want to go to you, same question. Uh, why did you just go to the border, and what were your impressions?
3: I This was the first time that I have been there, and I wanted to go to see for myself. I wanted to have that experience and know what is real, uh, what is actually going on down there. Um, and if it was anything like what I had imagined it to be, what I see on the news, and when I arrived, it was, I guess, a little different than what I thought. Um, How so? I wasn't expecting there's there's things that I saw that I can't unsee. There was clothing. That was, you know, wrapped up in uh, the the. Uh, what do you call it? The razor, uh, like the barbed wire. The yeah, they- on the that was on the fa- on the wall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there were people standing there talking to their family on the other side of the wall. Um, there were, you know like Nancy was talking about, people that are just coming over legally that were, you know, with such, you know, a a month-old infant that were coming legally that were just sitting there and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, coming over legally, and the I'm not understanding the length of time that it's taking to come over, or a a family that has a son who so in in Nogales the the wall goes right through the middle of the community so half of the community is on the United States side and half of it is on the Mexican side and one of a gentleman had married a woman on the Mexican side and they now have a child on the Mexican side and they're still waiting for this woman to be able to come to the American side, which is such a simple thing. Like she married an American and they're still waiting and she can't come. So they always have to go visit on the other side, which is such a simple, you know, such a simple.
0: I got you, Carrie. I got (laughs) to, uh, I got, I got to interrupt. Uh, We got to take a weather break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Carrie Nancy and Vicky uh, more about their experiences at the border welcome back Jim Shaw your guest host here on news and views up until 11 a.m we are talking to Vicki Schmidt Nancy Farnham and Carrie Leopold all from around here and they all just recently went to the border and uh, are back with us here have strong impressions Uh I, oh, and by the way, Larry, I see that you've called. I will get to you after the next break. I promise. Uh, but here's a question for you, all of you. We hear so often about you know these people at the border. They're they're criminals and drug dealers and they're they're rapists. Uh, which one of you wants to respond to that generalization about the migrants at the border? They they are Help.
1: not criminals. <laughs> They are not criminals. We saw ordinary people with families and children, and they they are not criminals by coming to the border. They are legally seeking asylum.
0: Vicki, you wanted to jump in on that one?
2: Well, yeah, the reality is that less than 1% of the people that come across the border are drug carriers or criminals that leaves 99 or 98.9 or whatever percentage of people who are just seeking freedom to live with dignity. And, and you know, there's, there's so many things that are out there that are myths and tales that are just, you know, people want to hang on to those kinds of myths because they're against, they're anti-immigrants, they're anti-people coming into this country. They're xenophobic. They fear people coming in from other countries. And, Um, Because we continue the myths, uh, it just grows the fears, and um, we choose to live out of fear and to live out of, uh, rather than out of our abundance, uh, to live in the sense that we're going to have our things taken away from us, our freedoms and whatever. There's Most of the drugs that come in come in uh, through shipping containers and through trucks across the border. And... One of the astonishing facts that I learned this time is that the Border Patrol only inspects 5% of the containers that are shipped from places like China and other parts of the world. So they know that tons and tons of fentanyl and other drugs are coming in through the 95% of the shipping containers that are sitting in our harbors and waiting to be distributed around the country. So there's a lot of facts that we need to be aware of that um, help us change the myths into reality.
0: Vicki, thank you. I would like to ask another question, but we are getting close to a break. So then, rather than start a question, uh, I'm just going to uh, tease you all a little. We have a lot of texts coming in about uh, migrants going through the border wall and your general impressions of the border wall. So we want to touch upon that. And uh, we will do that, talk more about things at the southern border from three local women who just recently came back from there. We'll talk all about that. Uh, here's one that came in, a question. Those three ladies that you have on the show today, did they bother to ask the local U.S. citizens what their comments were? So, uh, Nancy, uh, what's your answer to that question?
1: Yes. Uh, my brother and I spent an evening in Nogales, Um on the U.S. side, and they had a big celebration for Day of the Dead. And we talked to a lot of the locals there, and I did not find one who said that they wanted the wall. Um, They said, we don't need it. We don't want it. We uh, want to be able to go back and forth. They had a movie they were showing on both the U.S. and the Mexico side. They were trying to, to celebrate together, and they said that used to be a part of it. They had parades that would go across the U.S.-Mexico border, and they shared services, and they want people to come and go to use their... Uh, the merchants want them to come and and uh, buy their products, and uh, they, they just don't want to have that wall there. They want to be able to work together.
0: Carrie, how about you? Did you talk to the locals, and what did they tell you?
1: I did. I was able to
3: spend some time with the sheriff, and we had a really great conversation, and he said that they do work together on... Uh, like if there's a fire or emergency, uh, that both sides do work together when things like that happen, that they've been able to figure out a way to help the people.
0: Vicki, how about you? Did you talk to the locals? And if so, what did they tell you?
2: Yes, and I think one thing that we overlook is the fact that there are thousands, literally thousands of volunteers that welcome and help um, and care about and care for people that are coming across the border. It's easy to overlook those people because they work silently. They carry water and clothes. They make food. They help um, migrants with the difficult task of figuring out what to do. So, of course, we hear in the news very much about those people that are anti-migrant, anti-immigrant. That's what we hear. But what we don't hear are about the millions and the thousands of people that reach out, care, extend a loving hand of hospitality to those people who are strangers in our midst.
0: And it's nice to hear that that people are treating the migrants humanely and, and giving off positive feelings. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Larry. Larry, thanks so much for your patience. You are on yeah. here with uh, with me, Jim Shaw, as well as Vicki, Nancy, and Kerry. Go ahead, Larry.
4: Yes, I really appreciate your guests because they're giving us an upfront uh, look
2: at what's going on there. I, I I really appreciate your insight. The the crazy wall at the top isn't the solution. I mean, that that's just a gross... Uh, mismanagement of that. What every president has talked about for the last two or three presidents or more, and Congress keeps
4: talking about, and when they criticize our president now, they continually say, you know, this is what we need. They say we need comprehensive immigration reform that Congress has to do in cooperation
2: with the administration. To you who've been there and are thinking
4: about this a lot, what does comprehensive immigration reform look like to you?
0: Which one of you wants to touch that one? Vicki, uh, you got any thoughts yes. on that one? Okay, go ahead.
2: Well, I think about it a lot because that's a very, very important question to be asking. And and um, it's thrown out there, comprehensive immigration reform is as this is a solution, and what does it mean? And nobody really seems to be able to define it. That's one of the problems. Um, We're spending $45 million a mile. Get that, $45 million a mile to maintain the wall. We're talking about billions of dollars being put into wall and security and a very poorly functioning U.S. Border Patrol um, agency what does it mean to have comprehensive? Well I think it means it means basically to start from the bottom up. The European uh, Union has just come out with a new um, uh, and new policy or a new way of they've worked on it for three years with some really good ideas about how to work together. Um, it's one thing that I think we can take a look at and of course I can't read it to you I can't go into it in the short time but there are this is a worldwide this isn't just the United States. This is a worldwide um, crisis, if you want to call it. Um, and we're all working on to understand what that means. First of all, international law gives everybody the right to cross in a border, cross a border and ask for asylum. And we are violating international law by by deporting people without even an opportunity to declare asylum requests. So. um yeah and it's not just the current president it's gone back many presidents <clears throat> who struggled with this whole question we have a you know we have a we complain about the shortage of labor market <clears throat> and then there's all these people that are just wanting so badly to come in and work
0: no question and, no question i you know, i i agree with that obviously yeah. we we can't take in all the people that are coming here, but we can take in more than we are and we need them. We, our workforce uh, was way understaffed here, and uh, we, we absolutely need more of these people, and they will do jobs that most Americans don't want. So uh, I don't understand why we're not increasing the numbers so we could find that happy medium with what the U.S. can handle, and we're better off uh, versus the status quo. Well,
2: um, one of the Border Patrol agents told me that we don't have room for these people in our country. We are full. And that's just a bunch of
0: malarkey. Right. Well, look, look, look around. Look around here. There are many, yeah. many businesses that that can't fill their jobs. So yeah. thank you, Vicky, um, Nancy. Can, you have something. Can you just, give a thirty-second spot on that one?
1: As far as um, redoing and and revamping the immigration laws, just two things. One is that work issue. There are a lot of things that could be done so that people can work faster. People are coming in and they're not being allowed to work for months and months. And that makes no sense. They want to work and we need them. And then the other thing is uh, just some common sense things. If we can get some immigration courts more down at the border so people can be processed quicker, that would make a difference.
0: Let's go to the phone lines again. Ruthie, thanks so much for calling in. You're on the air with Jim Shaw, Vicki Schmidt, Nancy Farnham, and Carrie Leopold. Go ahead, Ruthie.
4: Yeah, Jim, I, I realized that we're all, uh, uh, at least I am, uh, my grandparents and my great-grandparents immigrated from uh, Norway and Denmark, but in going through some of the things that uh, was left to me, I found a paper that my great-grandfather, when he came from Denmark, he had to show that he had a place to go. He had work available, and he had a sponsor, and he had to talk English, and he had to uh, prove he had so much money on him. And uh, I think if we were a little bit more uh, going back to Harry Truman's uh, deal on immigration, I think our country would be a whole lot better off than the way we're going now.
0: All right, but there are there, there are many many uh people who came here who could not speak English and did not have a job and I think that's the vast majority. I'm I'm sure I can say that about my family and and so many people came from all over Europe. They 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 got here, they assimilated. They learned the language, they learned the system, but um uh to put that requirement on there uh would be extremely unfair. But thank you for your call, uh Ruthie. I appreciate it. Let's go to Doug. Doug, thanks so much for calling. You're on the air with Jim Shaw, Vicki Schmidt, Nancy Farnham, and Kerry Leopold. Hello. Hello, Doug. You're on the air. Yes. Um,
4: I just wanted to make a comment on what you guys are talking about. Um, when I was in the military, I was...
3: Uh... Hey, Doug, quickly, can you turn the radio off in the background? Hey. We're getting some feedback.
4: I you know, I kind of figured that.
0: Okay, can you get to your point, Doug? We're running short on time.
4: I, I know. Okay. Anyway, like I said, I was in the military and I seen people in the Philippines and in Korea, and they all wanted to come to the States and they try to find their way into the States. But if uh, people like us in America could actually see what kind of living that they go through there, we shouldn't have such a negative attitude about them coming in here. And I've seen this in the States too. So
0: I, I, I I agree. Uh, I mean, the least we could do is have a little more compassion on empathy for them as opposed to, let's say Donald Trump yesterday saying that, or the other day saying they're poisoning our country. Well, immigrants we are a nation of immigrants. Immigrants built this country, uh, and so we're certainly forgetting our past. Do uh, any one of you want to uh, add to that, Carrie? Or, let's, Carrie, do you have anything else oh, you want I, to add to that? I
3: absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. We are a nation of immigrants, and we have all forgotten our past, 100%. Uh,
0: Nancy, I want to ask you a quick question before we go to our last break. Uh, someone wrote in and says, remind your guests that if they come through a hole in the wall that they are illegal. What is your response to that?
1: If they come into our country, they are seeking asylum and that is legal. That is protected by international law and our own laws. And they have the right to do that.
0: So that is a common misconception that if they, if they do that, they're illegal. No, they, 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 And, uh, what concerns me is, uh, and of course that's when Washington, they, they play politics and, um, we're looking at in my mind a no-brainer we have to continue to fund ukraine or else they will fall to the evil vladimir putin and it will be brutal but in order to get that funding the republicans want to tie it to some very tough immigration laws and make it much harder to get legal asylum so Do one of you want to touch that uh, issue in in one minute uh, before we go to a break here? Uh, What do you think about these efforts to make it tougher to get legal asylum in the U.S.?
1: I think that's the opposite of what we need to be doing. I think we need to be looking at how we can make it a smoother process for people, how we can be more assistive. We're spending millions and billions of dollars on the border wall that is not effective and those dollars could be used in in better ways that would make that immigration system uh, a much smoother system for people.
0: Thank you, Nancy. And with that, we got to go to our final break. So we'll be back to wrap it up right here on News and Views. We're talking about the border with three local people who just came back from there. Uh, time is not on our side here. I want to read some of the text messages, I won't be able to get to all of them. One of them, it's, what would Jesus do? Uh, another one, Donald Trump's grandfather, Fred Trump, dodged the draft and immigrated from Germany. Uh, another one, Jim, crossing illegally is not seeking asylum. You must go through a border crossing. Correct me if I'm wrong, that's not true. You can, however you get here, you don't have to go through a border crossing. Nancy and Kerry, am I right about that? That, that, that you... You don't have to necessarily go through a border crossing to file for legal asylum?
1: That's my understanding. And and the ones, the people that we saw came across the border and then they just waited. They're waiting for the border patrol. They're not trying to hide. They are just
0: waiting there. Okay. Another one. Jim, they assimilated. That is the message we need to send. You're coming to America to be an American. I couldn't agree more. That's the history of our country. You come here, you assimilate, you become an American. Um, uh, Jim, as usual, you lie about most of the illegals coming because they fear for their life. Um, I I don't think that's a lie. I've been there. These people are afraid for their lives, but uh, which one of you wants to touch that one? Uh, Tell me, uh, do you think that these people, these migrants coming here, uh, do they fear for their lives? Who Who wants to answer that one?
1: Absolutely, they fear for their lives. The stories that they tell you are heart-wrenching. Stories of young children being uh, kidnapped and uh, sold into prostitution or uh, walking down the street and losing a child there. Um, There is so much violence in the world that we are sheltered from in our beautiful North Dakota. So um, we need to realize the rest of the world is not all like
0: this. All right, I'll get to one more. Jim, how many people on the terrorist watch list have been apprehended? Well, I, I want to answer that one. I could, I've, Again, I've been there. These are not terrorists. These are people who uh, might be murdered. Uh, they fear for their lives. They have no hope for employment. They want a better life and a safer life, just like our ancestors had when they came to the United States. All right. We have uh, time for... 30 seconds tops for each one of you with your final thoughts. Carrie, I'll start with you. Final thoughts from your trip to the border.
3: You know, I just want to share that when we were at one of the shelters, there were children there drawing on a a piece of paper where a grave site was from one of their loved ones. So when you're talking about how they're not terrorists and they've lost a, a sibling or somebody and they're fleeing where they were at, these children were in art, art therapy trying to process that. That is the reality. Oh.
0: Nancy, 30 seconds, final thoughts.
1: Um, I would like people to try to realize that the wall might be contributing to the problem. It's, uh, it's a deterrence method that's not working, and a lot of money is going to it, and there may be a, a better way. It's um, causing more families to come because men used to go back and forth across the border, and now they can't. So they're bringing their families with them, and it's creating a, a business for the cartels.
0: Vicki, I'm sorry, you got to cut your time. 15 seconds, final thoughts, Vicki Schmidt.
1: <laughs> Just to think about what we accept
2: as lies and truth. We, want, we accept what we want to hear, whether it's lies or not, and we're being pulled, filled with a lot of lies about the border. We're trying to speak to the truth, to the truth to power. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for all of you, Vicki, Nancy, and Kerry. Abby, thank you. Always a pleasure to work with you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Talk to you soon. Have a happy, happy new year.